0: It's so good to see all of you tonight. Pardon me, I got a couple props uh, that we're gonna use tonight. But man, we're so glad that you're joining us online tonight, wherever you're at, whether you're at home, uh, wherever you're joining us from, we're so glad that you're here uh, online with us tonight. I know we, we would all rather be in person, but hey, this is just as good. Uh, so before we jump into the message, I just got a couple of announcements uh, that I want, wanna run by you real quick. And the first thing is this, hey, if you have not signed up, for the Elevate Student Conference happening on March 4th and 5th. You need to get signed up for that now. That is coming up here in just a couple weeks. Uh, I think it's about three weeks away. Uh, It's right here, a Friday night, all day Saturday event. You don't wanna miss out. And hey, get this, if you want a hoodie before Elevate, like if you wanna be able to pick it up at Elevate, you need to sign up here in the next week or so. That way we can make sure we have your hoodie here for you When you get here, the second final announcement, uh, next week at midweek, uh, it's the last Wednesday of the month. So you know what that means? We got a, an awesome, crazy theme called dynamic duos coming your way. We're talking like MJ and Pippin, or, or if you know the tune squad, like bugs, bunny and Lola, like let's see your craziest dynamic duos. Find a friend. And come dressed up, decked out. Hey, the person who dresses up, the craziest, the coolest, the best dynamic duo. We got a prize waiting just for you with your name on it. But we also have a food truck coming. So make sure you bring money for that. It's the grilled cheese food truck. Who doesn't love a nice, like juicy, elaborate grilled cheese? I'm, I'm saying it's going to be a great night. Invite your friends. And we can't wait to see you back here in person next week for midweek. Uh, if you'll remember back to last week. Uh, we, we started a new series called Blurred Lines. Uh, and the whole idea of this message and this series is to help us find clarity in culture. Uh, and if you're taking notes tonight, I, I really encourage you to get, get a notebook, a sheet of paper, or if you're on your computer, your phone, you can click the notes tab there online. Or I, I think we even posted a picture of the notes on our Instagram story so you can follow along, but we are looking to find clarity in culture. Cause I think we could all agree on this one thing. And that is in the world, in the day that we're living in right now, it's incredibly unclear what the truth is. And we talked last week about us being at a crossroads, right? And we showed a picture of what a crossroad looks like. Uh, And it'll be on your screen for you to look at, to to remind you of what that is. And it's simply an intersection, right? And and we're talking about, we are at a crossroads. You and I, right here, right now, we're at a crossroads. We're at an intersection between scripture and culture. The way that God is calling us to live and the way that culture wants us to live. And we looked at a passage out of Jeremiah chapter 6, Uh, Verses 16 through 17. If you have your Bible, I would invite you uh, to turn to that with me or or to look on the screen and follow along. Here's what it says. Listen to this, because it's so important. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, no. That's not the road that we want. I posted watchmen over you who said, listen for the sound of the alarm, but you replied, no, we won't pay attention. And if you'll remember back to last week, we said that a crossroad is a point. It's a point where a crucial decision must be made. It's a crucial decision that has to be made, right? A decision that will have lasting and significant consequences. That's the point that we find ourselves at today. The crossroads that we find between scripture and culture. We have to make a decision. Are we going to turn from culture and follow the way God is calling us to live? Or are we going to continue down the path of culture and sin? And whatever decision that we make that has lasting and significant consequences. And we kind of wrapped up the night with a passage from the book of Judges. And I think that this passage really just speaks to the world that we are living in today, right? It said that in those days, Israel had no king. Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds a lot like the world that you and I are living in today, right? People are doing whatever they wanna do. Right? They're doing whatever they think is right. And I would just ask you, is it working? Is the path that we are, work- or that we are walking working? And I would say that it's not. Uh, you know, the, we took away from last week that we are all chasing this good life. And the good life, as we discovered last week, is available for all who choose to follow Jesus. And maybe last week you had a different takeaway. Maybe you took something else away from that message that Pastor Wade or myself that we spoke on. And if you had another takeaway, I would just invite you to share that in the chat. Share that with us, because we wanna know what God was speaking to you through last week's message. And you know, tonight we're going to continue this series. We're gonna take one more step down the road of turning back to God. Uh, another step towards finding clarity and culture through scripture. And so again, if you have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 14, verses one through seven. And you'll remember, we we even talked about this a couple weeks ago. And this scripture is just so important, so important. Listen to what the Lord says. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. This is Jesus speaking. There is more than enough room in my father's home If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me wherever I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? And catch this, catch what Jesus says right here. This is so important. Jesus told him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. You know, this this scripture speaks so much truth to us. But if, if we take this scripture and apply it to our life, we can find a whole lot of clarity in the culture, in the world that we are living in. Things don't have to be blurry. We can know clearly what the truth is. And we see this, especially in verse six. The first thing that Jesus says here is, I am the way. I am the way. Jesus doesn't say, I am a way, or Jesus isn't saying, I'll give you directions to a way. Jesus says, I am the way. And I think this can be kind of unsettling for us and for a lot of people in culture because we live in a culture, we live in a world that says, you do you. You live the way that you wanna live. Don't worry about anything else. You do you. You live the life that you think is fun. You live the way culture tells you to. Right? Culture says to do things our way. And the problem there is that when we do things our way, it rarely lines up with the way that God is telling us. Scripture lays out very clearly how to live. God is very clear. Jesus is very clear. And when we walk our own path, when we walk our own path, we do not walk the way God has called us. Jesus says very clearly that he is the only way to eternal life, write that down. Jesus is the only way to eternal life. Again, culture would say, live how you want to, do what you want, follow who you want, believe in who you want, worship who you want. It all leads to the same place. That's what culture speaks to us. Culture tells us it doesn't matter what you do. You do you and we'll all get to the same place. But Jesus is very, very clear. He says, I am the only way. There at the end of verse six, he says, No one comes to the Father except through me. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty clear. That brings a lot of clarity. You know, Wade at the, the beginning, when we were doing the games, he asked you to write down uh, in the chat, uh, to type some of your favorite vacation places. And I noticed that, Anna, you said uh, you love to, to travel to, to Germany. And Lucia, you said Argentina. Hey, I, look, I need to go on vacation with you because those places are way cooler than a lot of the places I'm going on vacation. But I just want you to imagine this for a moment. Imagine you go to Denver International Airport and you walk in and you say, hey, I wanna, I wanna go to Germany, I wanna go to Argentina. And they say, great, pick a plane. Pick a plane, just go get on a plane, you'll get there. All the planes go to the same place. You would look back at at that ticket agent and go, what are you talking about? That's not true, there's one plane that goes to Germany. There's one plane that goes to Argentina. You know that, you know there's only one plane, that all planes don't go to the same place. And so I would ask you with culture, when culture says all roads lead to the same place, would that not be a lie? Would it not be true what Jesus is saying that I am the only way? It's very clear. And when we read uh, in the book of Acts, verses four, uh, chapter four, verse 12, again, we see that there is one way to eternal life and his name is Jesus. Here's what it says. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. First thing is Jesus is the way. But the second thing he says uh, in, in that passage is that he says, I am the way and the truth. I am the way and I am the truth. Again, not a truth, not speaking, not teaching a truth. He says, I am the truth. I am the truth. You know, what we see is that Jesus is what we would call an absolute truth. Uh, And maybe you know what an absolute truth is. If you don't, I'm gonna tell you, an absolute truth is this. It is something that is always true. An absolute truth is something that is always true, no matter what the circumstances are. No matter what the circumstances are, an absolute truth is always true. Uh, think, Think of some examples like this, right? We all know that there are no round squares, right? If someone came up to you and said, hey, squares are round, you'd say, nope, I don't care what circumstances or situations you put me in, a square is never round. And just like a a circle cannot be square, right? We know these, these are things that are always true no matter the circumstances. Or we know that 12 inches equals one foot or a hundred pennies equal a dollar or two plus two, it always equals four, right? These are simple examples that we all know but they're always true. And the same is true with Jesus. He is the absolute truth. You know, for something to actually be true, it can't be dependent on our feelings or emotions, right? A a, a truth cannot change based on your feelings or your emotions, right? The way I feel about something doesn't change whether or not something is true. But just think about it this way. Culture says uh, you follow what is true or you follow what is right. And all of those things that culture says is true, it's fueled by emotion and feelings, right? It, if it feels right, it must be right. If, if you feel this way, you should do it or it must be true about you because that's how you feel, right, or, or, or go with your gut, go with your feelings. Do what makes you feel like you. Right, we, we hear these lines in culture all the time. And what we see is that the things culture says is true change based on feelings and emotions. And what happens if we're not careful is we get caught up in, in this cycle of chasing what culture is telling us is true. But when we look back at scripture, we see that Jesus being true, scripture being true, it doesn't depend on my emotions, Scripture being true doesn't depend on my feelings. When we read in the gospel of John chapter one, uh, verses one and 14, we see that scripture has never changed what is true. It, It doesn't matter how I feel about the words on the page. Scripture doesn't change. And it hasn't changed. Unlike culture. Here's what it says. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. In the beginning was the word. Think about that for a minute. The word has always existed. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Guys, scripture, Jesus has been true since the beginning. It has never changed and it never will change. It's not dependent on my emotions or your feelings but culture is. And so if we're looking to find clarity about what is true, we can't look to culture because culture is gonna change every day, every moment. But if we want something that is true, that will last, all we have to do is look to the words that God has given us in his word. Jesus never changes. You can be mad at Jesus. You you can have a mixed emotions, but his love for you, that always stays true. Scripture stays true. Jesus is absolute. All right, so Jesus says, I am the way. He says, I am the truth. And he wraps it up, he says, and I am the life. I'm the life. And what we see is that Jesus, yes, he brings eternal life, but he also brings the life that we are so desperately looking for, the life that we so desperately want, right? We're looking for the the good life, And let me ask you this, like Jesus brings a life of love and joy and peace. He brings a life of patience and kindness and goodness. He he brings a life of faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Let me ask you this, if we were living lives like this, would that not be the good life that we're all looking for? If we were all living that type of a life with qualities like that, would that not drastically change things i think it would you know just as we talked about last week right we cannot live the life that jesus offers unless we are all in we have to be all in right we can't live with one foot in culture and one foot in a relationship with christ we can't do that and live the life that god is calling us to and what we see what we see is true out of this is what we follow produces the life we live. Catch that. What we follow produces the life we live. I mean, I you me change it up just a little bit and say, who you follow produces the life you live. Who are the people in your life that are influencing you? Is it social media? Is it friends? What type of influences are they? Because I would argue if we're not following God and allowing him to influence us, we can't walk down the path he has called us to live. Right, when I, when I think of this, you know, I, I think of the life that God has called us to live, uh, a pure and blameless life, right? He calls us to turn from sin. But the moment that we begin, in one moment, just to, to put one foot in culture, it changes our life. It changes the life we live because of what we're allowing to influence us. And little by little, we, we step foot in culture. We say, you know, today in this moment, I don't wanna live for Christ. I wanna do things my way. And what happens over time is we're, we're calling ourselves a Christian, but look what other people see. And too often, this is us. We call ourselves a Christian. We, we wanna be committed to Christ. We wanna live the life that God has called us to live, but we wanna do things our way. We don't wanna give up the things that tempt us. We don't wanna fully surrender to God. We like to do things our own way, but the life we live is influenced by those that we follow, right? So those that influence us, the people we follow, It influences the life we live. It influences the life that we produce. What goes in comes out. And what we see is people don't see Christ in us when we're living for culture. When we have one foot in, one foot out, what people see is culture in us, not Christ in us. And that is not how God calls us to live. So as, as believers, as disciples who, who wanna live for Christ, who wanna walk down the path that he is calling us, who wanna find clarity in culture and know the truth, what are the things that we should do in response? What are the things we should do in response to Jesus being the way and the truth and the life? And the first thing is this, you have to believe. And not just believe anything, you have to believe in Jesus for salvation, You have to believe that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is King. Because when you believe that, when Jesus is the ruler of your life, you're able to then submit. You're able to submit to Jesus as your Lord and King. And that means giving him all that you have. That means following him in complete and total obedience. That doesn't mean one foot in, one foot out. That means both feet walking with Jesus. And guys, it shows when you're all in. When you're all in, you represent Christ, not culture. And that's what people see in you. And the third thing is when we submit, we can then surrender to his word. And we can follow it. When we believe, when we submit and when we surrender, we can stand at the crossroad and say, I don't, I'm tired of following culture. And I'm ready to follow Christ. If we wanna start living for Christ, we have to live like Christ. And when we don't go all in, the only thing that you and I are going to produce is a life of sin that represents the world. But my hope for you, my hope for myself is that we will stand at the crossroads and we will make a, a, a significant decision to say I'm done following culture and I'm going to follow Christ. And that's the key tonight. That's the key tonight is when we turn to Christ. When you and I, when we turn to Christ, we can experience the way. We can experience the truth and we can experience the life that God has for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this evening. Even though we're spread across Denver, watching online, wherever we are, Lord, I thank you for this night. I thank you for the words that you're speaking to us, the ways that you're challenging us. Lord, I pray that we would stand at the crossroads and you would give us the strength and the courage to make the decision to follow you and not culture. I pray that we would, we, we would follow you, that we would turn to Christ and experience the way, the truth, and the life. the the way, the truth, and the life that you offer us, not what culture offers us. And so, Lord, I pray for these students as they go day to day in school and they're surrounded by cultural influences. Lord, I pray, I ask that you would give them that courage to be bold enough to say, I stand for Christ and I stand with Christ and I'm going to do nothing else but follow him in complete and total obedience. Lord, I pray that you would keep us all safe tonight or that you would bring us all back next week ready to have some fun and, and continue diving into your word. It's in your name we pray, amen.